Welcome to Bolts of the Roundtable. Here is your host, Terry Bonadonna. Thank you, Mike. This is another edition of Bolts of the Roundtable. I'm very excited to be here once again today talking baseball and whatever else comes to mind. I've always heard that if you want to learn about the game of baseball, you should ask a catcher. So today I've decided to ask three of them. Two of them are with us right now. We'll be joined by Corey Bass very shortly, but let me introduce the guests we have with us at the moment. First, a third-year Thunderbolt, and it's not his first time at the round table. He knows his way around here. Mr. Larry Balkwell, thanks for stopping in. How's it going, Terry? And next, we have a rookie, not just of the Thunderbolts, but of professional baseball. Joined the team back in early July. Mr. Zach Jones is here. Thank you for being here, Zach. Glad to be here. Let me just start by talking baseball. Is, is that fair? That's what we're here for, right? right. Um, I want to talk about the Frontier League in particular because we are right now in the midst of one of the more exciting playoff races I've ever seen. I've been here for a long time. I don't remember ever seeing four teams come within two games of each other for two playoff spots with just a week left in the season. This is pretty exciting for me. What's the feeling down in the clubhouse right now? Are you feeling that pressure of, of it being a tight playoff race? Um... I don't know if feeling pressure is the right, right way to put it. Um, everyone knows what's going on, what the situation is. Um, you know, when we win, we're really excited. Uh, like last night with Fisher going a complete game. And oh, yeah. Even in the seventh inning, you know, we're up six runs. They get a couple guys on. Fish is pretty much on his last batter of the evening, and they're still – you're comfortably ahead, but there's still that feeling like, come on, we got to – take care of business right now so um pressure kind of um it's more fun you know for me i uh i've never been in a situation like this in professional baseball and even in college you know it's more tournament format um the the two years i did go to a conference championship we clinched a couple weekends before so there wasn't really a debate on whether we're gonna make the tournament or not you know I've lost a couple championship games but tournament format you know it all happens in a matter of three days where this has pretty much been going on the last month of the season you know especially us knowing that you know Schaumburg and Florence have pretty much run away with it so um, it's 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 a really it's a really fun time to play it's the I mean it's the reason you start the season like everyone like the main goal is to make the playoffs and you know, it's 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 a lot of fun. It's a good, very good atmosphere in the locker room, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm completely with Larry. I mean, this is my first uh, first year, and so it's a completely new experience for me. Um, but just after a win in the locker room, it's it's definitely fun. Music's pumping. We're having fun. Um, and like Larry said, I've never really been here uh, in college. I've played tournament formats, but we never really got too far into it. Maybe the first round. Um, but so this is a brand new experience for me and I'm just excited to be a part of the ride. In, in this playoff race in particular, it's been strange because it's been kind of disjointed for the Thunderbolts. Uh, a lot of win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. You haven't gotten on a roll in either direction, which certainly has its good <laughs> because you haven't had any losing streaks in two months, but you haven't had a winning streak in a while either. When you have a game like last night where Jake Fisher throws a complete game, you, you pile on the offense late and it, it turns into a, a pretty comfortable win in the end. What does that do for a team's psyche when you haven't been able to string a bunch of them together? When you have such an impressive win like that, does that get you going at least internally? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think we've uh, we've stopped going. Uh, we've we've lost a lot of games that, you know, we've we I don't remember a game other than maybe the other night where we haven't either been in it or had a lead at some point. Um, especially now, you know, when you look back and we've had 
our seventh inning, our eighth inning guys picked up. Our closer just went down with an injury. Two of our starters have gotten picked up. You know, we pretty much have a entirely new pitching staff other than the three starters that we had at the beginning of the season. So uh, just the fact that we're still in it is, I think it says a lot about our, our team defensively and offensively. Um, I don't, you know, I, I, I think it's just fun that, you know, you finish a game like that and you check the standings. Like you said, we haven't really won a whole lot in a row. Well, neither is anyone else. So, uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, you, you can't really worry about it. You know, it's cliche, but one game at a time, go out there and play hard. I mean, the, the, the attitude can't change from the way it has been. You know, if you're, if you're thinking about, you know, like we talked about, I think a couple of weeks ago, personal accolades and, you know, worried about your own stats. Sure. You can't go out there worrying about losing or worrying what the other team's score is. You know, it, it's out of your control. All you can do is worry about the things you can control. And that's competitive at bats, solid defense, you know, competitive pitches. It, it's, it's very cliche, but it's literally at this point, one pitch at a time. And if you're not, if you're not having fun now, then you're, you're not going to have fun ever playing baseball. You mentioned uh, losing some of the pitchers, three guys out of the bullpen, specifically the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guys from from opening day, a couple of starting pitchers as well. And you start looking at that, and it, it's sort of a, a built-in excuse if the team doesn't make the playoffs. But as a player and as a coach and as a fan and as a broadcaster as well, you never want to start making excuses because then suddenly it becomes easy to fall off. And clearly, this team hasn't made those excuses. They haven't used those as a reason to fall apart because the team is still going strong even to this late point in the season. But how do you do that as a player when you see all of these guys that have been key contributors to the team going away? How do you uh, internally make that that feeling of, we're not going to let this beat us. We're not going to worry about this. We're just going to go forward with what we have. Well, I, I think it's just, you know, taking a look in the mirror and figuring out what you're made of, you know, like Jonesy coming in with my injury and, and, and Bassey coming in, uh, you know, we are a complete team in a lot of areas, and we've had to kind of rebuild our pitching staff on a fly. I mean, the attitude that, you know, me and a few other guys have taken, it's like, all right, well, at the beginning of the year, you know, as long as we had a one-run lead in the sixth, well, we win. Game over. Like, our bullpen's going to take care of the rest. They're going to do their job. Now we know that we have a lot of rookies in the back end. You know, we just picked up Chris Deboo, and he's going to help us a lot with a little bit of experience in the bullpen. But uh, the attitude we've taken, it's like, all right, we need to go out and we need to score and we need to take control of the game. And our our starters are another, you know, our, all our starters, uh, save one, are experienced guys. And they know that they got to go out like Jake has done the last 10 games, like Westcott and Chapman and Landchef. They go out and they give us a chance to win. And as long as they do their job, we need to take care of the rest as an offense. And as catchers, you know, we, we – you got to – handle i mean jones you know the the rookies have come in and you know you don't really have too many expectations from rookies but at this point you have to go out and you have to compete and you're kind of learning on the fly i mean like how do you think they've done rookie like the rookie bullpen has done like you you're with them every day yeah uh i mean glick has been fantastic you know when we lost logan so it was kind of heartbreaking to be honest but then i was like you know we got glick in the back end so you know it's not really too much to worry about, but the other rookies, Jaeger coming in, you know, at lows on R2, but still it, it, they go out and do their job, they get the job done, and as long as that happens, I'm I'm happy, and as long as I'm not behind the plate for too long, I'm happy as well. So. 
No, I think, and I think uh, for the rookies, for, for the for the young pitchers in our bullpen, like it's an opportunity. It's an yeah. opportunity to grow. I mean, you know, Terry, you know, I've been here three years, and I got an opportunity to play, and I made the most of it, right? Like a lot of guys get their opportunity, it doesn't work out, and you know, it's it's a pressure. It's it's you're going to get thrown into some pressure situations, and I think. You know, it's 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 impossible to not realize what's going on around you with the standings and everything. But as long as you take the opportunity and you believe in your talent, you're you're gonna go out and you're gonna perform. Whether you get good results or bad results, that, that's baseball. Everybody gets good results and bad results. But as long as you're out there competing, that's kind of all we can ask for. How do you fit into that as a rookie? Do you think, Zach? when you're in the middle of, of a tight race like this, when you hear all the things that Larry's saying about some of the guys who contributed, some of, from the veteran's perspective, the rookie's starting to fit in. Where do you feel that you fit in as a rookie in all of this? Uh, as of right now, I'm, um, you know, I know I'm the, the backup right now, but at the same time, I know I'm one, uh, I'll be the guy off the bench when Beegs gives me, you know, gives me the nod. Um, the other night, we we're, were playing Juliet, bases loaded, ninth inning, one out. Like, that's the stuff I dreamed of when I was a kid. Um, so I, I know my I know my spot, and obviously, like Larry said, you know, uh, make the most of your of your opportunities. Even you know you, you fail, you, you get a hit in that situation. Um, but at the same time, I you know I think I'm fitting in pretty well, and um, I know my job. I know I'm off the bench, and you know when Beegs gives me the gives me the nod, I'm I'm bringing the energy. Um, as I've seen with uh, Westcott, you know I, I like bringing energy with Westcott and get him going. Um, so yeah, just like I said, it's been a pleasure and. I can't thank Beegs enough, thank Larry enough for taking me under his wing. How does the catching schedule work out? And I'll talk to Corey about this as well when he gets here, but uh, do you guys know generally how often you're going to be behind the plate compared to either on the bench or playing a different position? Um, the way the way it wor it's worked with that, uh, for me personally, it's kind of just going off how I feel. Um, the uh, You know, ever since I hurt my leg in early July, it's kind of been hit or miss you know I can it's definitely you could still feel it um the only way it's going to get 100 percent is rest and even if I'm not catching I'm playing first or DH and so there's not going to be a lot of rest um so you know Corey came in fresh Corey can he's the kind of guy that could catch 96 out of 96 games and not say a word about it you know so he's kind of the guy and then Jonesy you work in accordingly as exactly. as you know whether it's a double header or you know if if Bega wants to go with three catchers in the lineup back to back to back which is a lot of speed on the base paths but uh i i, I just think you know it, it it's truly just like it was last year it doesn't really matter who's behind the plate we know that we're all on the same page we we all know the pitchers i mean bassy it's an easy transition he's coming back and catching the same guys that he caught last year right so i i don't think it, it matters we know the teams we know our pitchers like we all and it's like you know we we all talk about it like you know jonesy might get a little bit more uh, a little bit more of a rundown from the lineup from me myself or bassy before a game that he catches but you know with bass and i we kind of just look at each other and, you know, it, you, you can't worry too much about the other guys in the lineup because you're going to have to pitch off your own pitcher's strengths. And we know our own pitcher's strengths. And we know if any of our guys are on, just like any any team, you know, if, if your guy's on, he's going to compete and he's going to do well and it makes for an easy game. And I think the the biggest thing for us is to make sure that we're still competitive even if he doesn't have his best stuff. And that's where I think 
Westcott and Fisher have made great adjustments because, you know, they didn't come out of the gate so hot and they they worked and worked and worked and got themselves back where Chapman has been great for us all year. He just, you know, he's run into some tough games, some bad luck. He's gone up against, you know, other teams' best pitchers and the offense kind of hasn't picked him up even though he's pitched a great game. So, I mean, in terms of the catching schedule, it kind of just depends who's feeling good and what Bega wants that day. It's a different level of preparation, though, isn't it, when you're catching as opposed to playing first base? You really have to get on the same page with the pitcher that day. Without a doubt. My my, my own mentality changes. Like, you know, it's like I was thinking about today because I believe I'm catching tonight. I'm not sure, but, like, if I'm playing first or I'm DHing, you know, I've had some success at the plate and I'm purely just thinking offense, 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 taking good at bats. And then if I, now that I'm catching, you know, it's tonight, it's defense, defense, defense. It's, you know, what are we going to do to get those guys out? You know, I took a quick glance at their lineup just to remember because we haven't played these guys since I think the first weekend of the All-Star break. And, you know, we've, I like how the divisions are set up so that you play teams in your division 12 times and you really get a feel for, you know, who guys are, what they can do, what they can handle. And I mean, it's still a adjustment period because a lot of things change in a couple of weeks on the baseball field. But, um, you know, I, I just think when you're back there, you really got to take pride in, you know, working with your pitcher, getting your pitcher going. I mean, and like I said, if a pitcher's on, it's easy. You just kind of, uh, you're just kind of there enjoying the show, but doesn't have best stuff or faces a little bit of adversity. It's it's defense, 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 working with the picture to make sure that he's, you know, that you're on the same page and you're competing with the uh, against the other team. How hard is it? And I'll direct this more towards you, Zach, because it's been a steep learning curve for you coming straight out of college. When you're working with a new pitcher, because you've had to work with a lot of them, and Larry, the same thing is true with you because there's always new pitchers coming in and out of the lineup here. But when you're working with a new pitcher, how easy is it to do the first time? How much do you need to learn about them before you can catch them? Uh, really, you got to figure out when is it time to you know, talk to them? Uh, when is it time to go uh, say, hey, or wh what is their cue uh, that they need to hear from us when they're, you know, a few pitches go, go wrong? What, what do they need to hear from us? But at the same time, it's just, yeah, my first day here uh, when I was down in Gateway, you know, uh, Devin, our assistant coach, told me, hey, uh, head down there, catch the bullpens, get to know the staff. Um, so that was uh, the main thing I used to, to get to know the, the bullpen and whoever was starting that day. Um, so it, it, in terms of learning curve, it was definitely a, a steep one coming from college because I caught the same, pretty much the same starters for three years. Um, and honestly, just learning how to be a professional was definitely a little bit of a learning curve, as Larry would probably attest to. <laughs> You uh, you mentioned something that I'm curious about. You said you had to look, figure out when to go talk to them uh, if they've made a couple of tough pitches. You've been working a lot lately with Zach Westcott, a yes. guy who's got three years of professional experience, a guy who's had a lot of success as a professional pitcher. Is it intimidating in any way going out as a rookie catcher who's played in 20 games in his career to go out there and, and you're trying to be the calming presence on the mound with a guy who's been around the block a few times? Uh, just a little bit, yeah. Uh, one of my first starts behind the plate, honestly, um, I caught Chris Chigas, um, and he—I mean—he'd already won full season with the, uh, with the league, and I—he goes 3-0, and one guy walks him, and then goes 2-0, and the next guy. So I 
walk out there and try to calm down and get him back in the zone. He just tells me to get back behind the plate. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the rook here, so I'm just going to shut my mouth and walk back there. But as you learn, that's Chigas's mentality on the exactly. mound. It's a lot like Westcott. Yeah. Westcott, I think, is a good transition for you because Westcott is the kind of guy that will hold himself accountable. He yeah. he has great feel with what he's trying to do, where he's trying to work, and he knows that you know if he misses up or if he you know he's he's not mechanically sound or something like that. He is so in tune with what he needs to do personally that you can walk out there and you can say like. Hey, come on! And he goes, "Yeah, I know. I gotta be. I gotta be here. I gotta do this. I gotta do that." And you're just kind of like, "Well, yeah, do it, right?" Yeah. And he's he's a, he's also a very intense guy, but he's also very accountable. And y you know, ev uh, uh, like you know, every pitcher's different. Um, some guys are a little bit more intense. Some guys, you have to be that common presence, mm -hmm. like you said. Other times, you got to go out there and fire them up, and you know, get get them back into a kind of a competitive attitude right and you know nobody's at the same time none of the pitchers are out there trying to throw six balls in a row or yeah. anything like that like it's just kind of you know whether it's a, a mechanical thing that you might see behind the plate or a mentality thing or stop trying to be too perfect like you know you, you just kind of have feel for different guys and you know Jonesy with you as a rookie those that you have to learn on the fly you exactly. know, like I remember yeah. being in Quebec, like catching double A, triple A guys fresh out of college. And I'm just like, OK, I don't have any idea what to say to you. But, hey, let's go. Let's <laughs> let's do the thing. But, you know, that that time in the bullpen, you know, it does it does a lot for, you know, creating relationships, understanding, you know, as a person, what guy like what guys are doing. And then you said learning to be a professional because at the end of the day, it, it is professional baseball. Exactly. You know, you you yeah. are a, you are. It's no longer you're in college where you're working to try to get better, body yada yada. No, it's it's you have to go to the plate and take a competitive at bat. You have to go to your position and make every play. You have to get on the mound and you you have to throw strikes. You have to keep the ball down. You have to get guys out. And there's that certain expectation out there, and I think it's just everyone knows it. Everyone feels it. There's obviously pressure that comes with it, but from a, a pitching standpoint, you know, I think overall, all year, our guys have been very good at, if they do kind of lose it for a little bit, getting back into it, whether it's, you know, a, a pitch by pitch, inning by inning, or even a game by game, guys have really worked hard to get themselves physically and mentally back into a strike-throwing mood. If you just heard that knock on the door, Mr. Corey Bass has joined us, the veteran of the Thunderbolts catching trio. Thanks for stopping by, Corey. I appreciate it. <laughs> I guess Larry's a veteran as well, but uh, slightly more of a veteran, Corey Bass, who rejoined the Thunderbolts back in July. Corey, we were just talking about, uh, before you walked in, we were talking about uh, some of the catcher's responsibilities and working with the pitchers. We were talking about uh, mound visits. I'm interested in knowing, have any of you ever had any uh, strange or awkward or, or just weird mound visits where you don't know what to say or you're looking, instead of maybe talking strategy, uh, of settling down the pitcher in, in any other sort of way? <laughs> uh, I actually go out there a lot and I don't talk about baseball. I just, uh, I ask who he's got his eye on in the stands. Um, <laughs> Does he usually know. have an answer? 
it usually catches them off guard <laughs> and uh, usually settles them down and gets them thinking other than than uh, usually I go out in a situation where he's he's stressed and that either makes him laugh or completely throws him off and gets him back online so yeah it's funny I was thinking about that a minute ago Larry when you mentioned when you were a rookie in Quebec and, and you really didn't always know how to approach a veteran pitcher you didn't know what to say and you would just go out there and maybe feel a little uncomfortable about it but isn't that sometimes good enough just to get the pitcher's mind off of what's been going on yeah and what I found with them was the the pitchers know you know you're you're talking to a double a triple a guy and they know I'm a rookie and then you know I kind of walk out there and look at him and I go hey I have nothing to say about your mechanics I have nothing to say about your pitch calling I just want to say that I'm having a great time and you know I'm doing my best back here so uh let's get out of the inning and have a good day it's like you said about Chigas though I remember one time I walked out there and Chigas was kind of doing the same thing you know he he had been locked in he was near the end of his his appearance because he had already gotten a couple innings and he was he was almost at the end and he was losing it and I walked out there and I go Hey Chigas, you know you you're not you're not throwing strikes. Your 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 fastball's lost a little bit of velocity, but holy cow, do you look good in those stirrups right now? And the <laughs> the vascular arm that you have looks impeccable. So hey, let's just try and get a ground ball here. And I walk back and like two pitches later, ground ball double play, and he's I could see him laughing as he got off. So it's like Corey said, you just kind of get him to clear the head and you know hope for the best. How much of that is in baseball in general? Not necessarily just in catcher and pitcher conversations, but the idea that if you're 100% locked in and focused on every pitch of the game, that's exhausting. You're out there to have fun too, right? I mean, how much of it is just kind of goofing around a little bit? It's a lot of goofing around, uh, at least on my part. Um, maybe a little more so than the majority of people, but um, I feel like that helps me stay locked in. Um, if I'm, like you said, 100% locked in every single pitch, which I can be, but if I'm locked in, just no f time for fun or anything else, I will just, I'll be gone by the sixth inning. And uh, so I feel like laughing and and uh, kidding around and just goofing off during the game, I think that helps you get through those nine innings. Um, more I wouldn't say effortlessly but a lot less strain you're having fun uh, yeah, yeah it's baseball it's a game you're 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 just trying to have fun like you know we, what I think we both do is we talk to a lot of hitters on the other team not necessarily about baseball sometimes it's about baseball sometimes we're playing mind games sometimes you're just having a nice little conversation and you know it's some you know some guys that you know will like to do it and you think maybe it puts them in a little better mindset and then you know guys that hate to do it and that just kind of fuels the fire a little bit more to have a conversation with them so i mean it's just you gotta it's it's like you said three hours you know you're you're catching 180 to 200 pitches a night like it's it's physically exhausting yes and if you but if you stay locked in like that yeah it's, and and your natural ability takes over. I mean, you don't you don't need to be. I mean, you call the pitch. You're relaxed. If he throws it to the spot, you're going to catch it. If he doesn't throw to the spot, you're still going to catch it, and you're going to throw it back and be like, all right, behind in the count, ahead in the count, behind in the count, ahead in the count, and you're just kind of going with the flow, playing baseball. 
What do you imagine it's like to be an umpire listening into a conversation between a catcher and a hitter? <laughs> Half the time they're laughing. <laughs> do you try to make friends with the umpires? Maybe try to, to grease the wheels a little bit to get a call? I mean, even if it's not intentionally, maybe if you have a good relationship with the umpire, he's more inclined to help you out. Yes, but I, I also caution that with if I'm too friendly and he calls something that I'm not a fan of, um, I can flip a switch real quick. And um, a lot of times they'll get offended by that. And in my head, I'm like, hey, I'm not here to make friends. You know, I'll, I will be friendly and I will joke around and whatnot. But when it's all said and done, this is my livelihood. And if you're taking money out of my pocket, then, you know, I'm going to get offended. And uh, so... I, th I think umpires are trying to keep it professional too. Um, they're they're at work. We're at work. You know. I don't think any umpire is intentionally trying to miss a pitch or you right. know, you know, do you mess up a call or try to sway the game one way or another. No, of course not. That'd be unprofessional. Um, like Corey said, I think it's important to have a positive relationship, and you know. Different guys have different ticks. Some guys like to talk a lot. Some guys don't like to talk at all, and that's fine. You know, I, I, I don't think it matters either way. It's just, you know, I, I, I like umpires that like to talk about the game. I like umpires that seem to genuinely care about their art, their craft. Their, they want to be better umpires. And, you know, it's, it's okay to ask, like, hey, you got that pitch there? Or, you know, I like that dialogue because it's making – I think it's making – it's helping – everyone stay locked in behind the plate but like you said it's kind of a touchy area because then you get the guys that ask or ask almost every other pitch it seems and it's like i'm confident in what i'm doing you need to be just as confident in what you're doing so i mean i think it's important to have a good relationship um but at the same time professionalism do you develop relationships with umpires that go from game to game, not just within the game, but in this league, you're going to see that the same guys pretty frequently, especially you get a two-umpire system. If a guy's behind the plate in game one, there's a good chance you're going to see him there again game three. So do you have those lasting relationships with umpires where you're able to talk to them frequently? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of guys. I mean, you don't mean to favor umpires, but you do. Um, and whether that's the personal relationship you have with them or their strike zone or... Um, how consistent they are, or, I mean, the funny comments they say, mm -hmm. you know. So it's everybody knows everybody. Um, pitcher, I mean, catcher, umpire. Um, so those relationships are built around, you, like you said, you see them pretty frequently. And I think, I think each, each umpire kind of has their own approach to the game. Um, I think some guys kind of have different ticks. Like, I'm not going to name names, but there's one umpire who is probably the best umpire in this league. And he's, you know, he totally has feel. He, he's, try he's very professional. He knows what he's doing. He's a great umpire. And I'm not going to argue calls with him because I know he sees everything. And I, because I have confidence in what he's doing back there. So that's why instead of complaining about a pitch going like, oh, I had that there, I'm just going to joke with him and be like, oh, come on, you don't want to give me that tonight? That's a good pitch. And, and, and he knows, he, because I, I, we, we're seeing exactly the same thing where, you know, and then I, I like if, 
maybe a hitter on the other team starts to give the umpire a hard time just because, you know, you, you see everything back there. You 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 have to be lo- you you you're not locked in, but you are locked in the whole game. You you hear everything from both dugouts. You're right in the fire, and it just you just have to kind of roll with the punches and you know hope for the best. How good a feel do you have for the strike zone when you're behind the plate? Do you feel like you see every pitch where it's coming in, when it's coming in? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, this without bias, you can say that. Oh, pretty without definitely. bias, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, and and that's the thing. Like you'll you'll see a pitch that might be a tad bit off that you get for a strike call, and then you get another pitch that might have been a better pitch that's you know called a ball. Like at the end of the day, you're just hoping for consistency. Exactly. And and you're and you're as a catcher, you're trying to be consistent. You're trying to catch pit. You're trying to make it hard on the umpire and catch every pitch that's close and. You know, I mean, you know, too, any any ball like you get a pitch that's nowhere close, you're catching it, throwing it back. You're not trying to get that call. But if a pitch is close, you're going to ha- you're going to force the umpire to make a call. And, you know, there's no point in arguing every single pitch. But you see you see a lot. You see where the ball crosses. And it definitely if we get something close or really even if it's not that close and I get it for a strike after the batter leaves the box I'm telling the umpire hey I know you called it a strike but I don't want to want that against me Mm -hmm. when I'm hitting Um, so it kind of reassures them that we know the strike zone as well and makes them think okay well maybe I got to clean it up a little bit so do you get the sense that umpires are open to suggestions I know there's kind of an image of the umpires that totalitarian dictator that the umpire's word is law but do you get the sense that they are trying to improve that they're open to suggestions from guys during the games most guys are for sure other guys there will not budge there are definitely some that you cannot talk about balls and strikes because they and but it's like we talked about confidence you know it's kind of a double-edged sword you'll have you could have a guy that's asking every other pitch hey was that a good call hey was that pitch there you can have another guy that you know it's a bad call but there's no point in going hey i thought that was a little low because they're going to be like but also too you know i think and i think bassie and i both because we've been in the league a couple years and you've like you said it's a it's a it's the same staff of umpires. You know them. I think if you do have a positive relationship and you are professional back there, there is a little bit more. There's a little bit more room for conversation with those calls, whether they're listening or not. You have no idea. But at the end of the day, you're just you're just working to get calls for your pitcher. You're working to help out your pitcher to get as many calls as you can strikes. And I mean that the end of the day it's one of the most important jobs as a catcher i'm going to close out the discussion with the topic that we led off with uh, talking about the current frontier league playoff picture and how tight everything is right now and i know it's a lot of fun for me to be able to to scoreboard watch every night and just check the standings after every game and and know that that it has significant meaning to what i'm doing what do you guys think, asking all three of you, I mean, what do you guys think the team needs to do right now? And I'm not ter- talking specifically wins and losses, but what do you need to do, do you think, to make that run over the final nine games to make the playoffs? Continue hitting, which we have been day in, day out. Um, knowing that our pitchers will have run support, um, 
that's that's huge but on the opposite side we need to make every play and we need a competitive outing from all of our pitchers every time there's no room for oh man you had a bad night no it's too close now you're not allowed to have a bad night anymore um and that includes our relievers our starters everybody i mean us behind the plate we can't afford to have a bad night um because one game one way or the other and you know team slips through the cracks and they're going to playoffs and we're not so yeah um it's definite i mean it's um a different type of baseball you just gotta go out there and do your job obviously what, what's the stat the last four or five games we put up what seven seven eight runs something like that um and we just need to keep doing that no matter what and put up runs and like course said, just play good baseball just keep going with that compete 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 competitive pitches competitive at bats you know it's you're in a time like this i think it's really easy to put added pressure on yourself especially if you're a guy like me who's really never been in a position like this before um you know it's easy to walk out there and be like oh i i have to hit a home run here i have to do something to get the team going it's just competitive at bats and comp and same thing from the pitching aspect competitive pitches you know you only you're only as a starter it's a little bit different but as a reliever i mean you're out there for a short period of time you're on a relative pitch count, but if you do your job, you're not going to come anywhere close to that pitch count. You just need to not waste pitches and keep the pressure on the other team because, you know, especially a series like I think this weekend, what, we're playing Washington and Evansville's playing River City. Is that correct? No. No, actually, I mean, Evansville and uh, River City are actually done playing each other. Oh, are they? Season. Oh, okay. Yeah, so so. Uh, it, it makes it even more interesting in oh. some ways. Checking a lot of different scores. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, every team is looking. Every team wants to be there. I just think you can, like we talked about earlier, control what you can control. And you can control taking good at-bats, swinging at good pitches. You can control throwing good pitches and not, you know, not wasting. You can, I mean, physical errors will still happen, but you can control making the routine play. You can control competitive defense. And I think defensively we've been – good all year and we're going to continue to be good well thank you to all three of you guys for joining me I, I think i've learned a lot over the last half hour or so so i appreciate you stopping by and uh, i hope if you're ever interested in coming by the round table again you don't hesitate to come on up thanks terry all right thanks terry thanks terry bolt to the round table thanks for tuning in